Hi everyone, my name is Artem. Uh, you listen to What About, the KitCast series of podcasts dedicated to digital signage. And this is the first day of the Digital Signage Summit in Munich. My guest is uh, Joe Hesenthal. Perfect. Great. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Director of Advanced Retail Solutions at Dynascan. Uh, and we're going to talk about the new uh, technology, the computer visual recognition, am I right? That's a great place to start. Uh, so, hi Joe. Uh, first off, could you tell a bit more about the division that you uh, represent? Sure. So I've been with Dynascan about six months now and brought on board specifically to help bring an analytics product to the marketplace. We recognize that uh, so much of the technology is advancing, but we still haven't really solved the problem about how to make sure the right content is in front of the right person at the mm -hmm. right time. We're good, we're good, better at content delivery than we've ever been. The screens are brighter than they've ever been. The uptime is where it needs to be. But now it comes time to really start making sure that the dollars we're asking our customers to spend on content are going in the right direction, mm -hmm. right? We, we have proof now, or, or at least ways to prove that your gut is either right or wrong. So much of content is dependent upon things that are as difficult to grasp and uh, superficial as aesthetic and things like you know, aesthetic, font sizes and colors and all these things. There's some attempts to standardize this, but so much of it is dependent upon the creative dri forces driving the content distribution or the content creation. And now we have the opportunity to stop, step back and say, hey, for the kind of person that you're targeting, this content works. This content maybe works for a, a different kind of audience. So starting to understand the audience at that level so we can go back and define content or even playlist structure is starting to make a lot of sense. It's uh -huh. becoming within our grasp. We, we know that trends within the industry are driving the overall cost of ownership down substantially. What was $15,000 even five years ago, is now attainable. You know, mm -hmm. the signage is so prolific. The costs are, are plummeting. More and more people are entering into the space. So it becomes even more critical to make sure that those dollars are spent correctly to drive the business results we're talking about to further uh, expand the projects into from pilot into production. So that's kind of a, a touch point for us. And having spent way too much time with clients trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to do this and the sheer terror that comes on their face when they realize that they just bought a TV station for their <laughs> department store. You know, this you're laughing. Yeah, yeah. That's the conversation. I, you can, I've actually seen people's hearts snap in half when I tell them that, by the way, you just bought a TV station and now you have to feed the beast. And, and the, the problem is that, yes, we have to feed it, but now we need to start understanding how often do we have to feed it and what's the best diet for the beast. And, mm -hmm. and that's where the sweet spot is for what we're trying to do with computer vision and, and casually called artificial intelligence. Look, I'm going to call it AI as long as everybody else calls it AI. Mm -hmm. It's too sexy to pass up the term. And what is the geography for your uh, for the products that you, I mean, the, the ones that we're currently discussing? The, the facial recognition, anything that uh, you do so, with. Okay, so first off, we, we hate the term facial recognition. You can't use that anymore. Okay. GDPR, California privacy. Uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Cannot, so, so don't say it anymore. Yeah, that you, was you, one of my questions. Welcome back to you're, that. You're allowed that, to say facial detection. Okay. And we're not even crazy about that. 
I think that we're going to have to acknowledge it and build it out. We, we recognize this, but there are so the, the risk of consumer backlash mm -hmm. from this kind of technology is something that's forefront with everything we're thinking about. So. Uh, I know it's kind of skirting the issue, but we start talking about sensors rather mm -hmm. than cameras. And, and while we will consider technologies based in cameras, we're looking at other ways of getting similar information, whether it's from the mobile phone mm -hmm. or from alternative technologies. We're, we're open to wherever the marketplace will take us as it, as it relates to that, because it's, it is currently being driven by geography, but I have a feeling we're going to standardize on something that can work almost universally that's the ideal situation and who is your what is the profile of your customer who is your customer it's, it's we're working on that <laughs> <laughs> right i can tell you that um it's more verticals right now i mean the customer because it's early days for us we want someone who has the right mindset to understand that this is a product that's being developed and interestingly enough it's being developed backwards we're, we're not taking a look at what the technology is capable of doing and how do we shoehorn that into a need we're actually taking a look at what is the need first and and then how do we push the technology to fulfill that need mm -hmm. so that's a, a little bit different than what we're seeing in the marketplace and we, and we like that direction so it, it's all the things you want in a good customer right someone's got a sense of adventure Someone whose needs are probably not being served, um, either with their current integrator or with their internal departments, and they're having to look outside of that to understand or at least get some insights into what's happening within their retail environments. So categorically, it's things like uh, specialty retail is a sweet spot for us. We, we like the way that looks. We like retail banking. Uh, we're kind of obsessed with out-of-home from an advertiser perspective. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, when we say retail, we paint that with a pretty broad stroke. That's pretty much anywhere currency is exchanged. So that lets me do transit and stadiums and airports and taxi cabs and all of it. So um, you know, you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting you ask that question. It's, it's a combination of who we meet that's mm -hmm. interested in it and, and can you help us refine the product to make it really different and unique within the marketplace. Yeah, because I think that such technologies, they are mostly B2B. Mm -hmm. And um, your customers they, that buy this product, they, um, let me say, for example, I'm trying to think like a customer who would use the technology. And uh, the first question that comes to my mind, what stands behind it? So uh, you have software, you have hardware. And uh, what is the core of this technology from your side? So or is it your hardware? Is it your software? And how do you connect those two? So it, it's not or. The tyranny of or. It is both. <laughs> okay. It has to be both. Okay. That's, that's what's interesting about this mm -hmm. whole thing. And, and, and there's other elements uh, that it's not just a hardware and a software. Because the whole promise of this is that for the system produces something that helps the person making decisions mm -hmm. about content make a better decision. Mm -hmm. So it's it's all of this, right? It, it is the marriage of the right kind of sensor and, and all the technology that drives the inputs for it and the software to help cut through the, the excess noise, the, the data science mm -hmm. to reduce the solution to say, here's what's happening in your environment. Okay, let's start with the hardware. Which kind of hardware uh, do you use? What kind of sensors? Yes. 
<laughs> you mean cam cameras? We, we so what? RGB. We're, I don't want to. I'm not going to get painted back into a corner. We will take data okay. from any source that can contribute relevant shopper or customer data to our system. So I, I, it is not. It is not just a one to one. It is. We are taking information from media players. Mm -hmm. We're taking information from cameras and all the other sensors that provide information similar to cameras. And we're also interested in the data generated by mobile beacons and Wi-Fi and all that. So the system conceptually will be able to, to ingest from a number of sources. Which is the depth of information that you get? I mean, uh, for, usually uh, visual recognition or mm -hmm. some kind of uh, visual uh, an analysis, they analyze gender, uh, they analyze age, and uh, emotion. So what is the depth for you? So it's, it's again driven by the business case. So th yep. that's typical, what you're talking about. What's interesting from my perspective is what do you do with that information? Mm -hmm. So we've, we've all been talking about emotion. Yeah. What does that do to the person making decisions about content? Is that influencing what's happening? And, and I struggle mm -hmm. to, to, to articulate why would we collect this information if it doesn't directly contribute to defining a better experience. Because it's emotion. What's yeah. it really driven by? Is it driven by the frustration you experience getting into the retail environment? Mm -hmm. Is it actually influenced by the puppies that you saw on the screen? Uh, I can't. The attribution of that, the source of that emotion, is difficult to backtrack. So, while I'm intrigued by it, I struggle to find a use case that makes a lot of sense. Gender and age groupings make perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Advertisers, especially, are interested in that information. We can start talking about using that kind of information to form more intelligent playlists. That's a fairly linear and logical conversation. The, uh, the rest of it, uh, I, some of it makes more sense than, mm -hmm. other, than other elements. There are data sets that we're going to be able to collect that we haven't even thought about yet. I think that the, uh, the, the ideal, well, that's what I, at least what I think. I think that the ideal target for the uh, data that you collect is to make the experience, the product experience more personalized and more targeted. So at that point, uh, emotion or any, any actually any uh, movements or any, uh, any perception that we can analyze from a person, it can be used by uh, Taylor, for example. Do you think so? so do you agree? Maybe. I, I do think you're close. I do think that this idea that there are other elements to collect is worth exploring. I think it may be much more subtle mm -hmm. than just a smile or gender. Uh, and I think that's, what's, that's what gets me excited about what this technology can do. It's the whole idea to detect even micro behaviors that we as humans naturally pick up but haven't even started to explore. Yeah, like eye tracking, we can, uh, there are technologies that, for example, that uh, like many years we can um, see the hotspots on the website, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, parts of the website person pays attention more. Mm -hmm. So uh, that likewise we can track a person pays more attention when, for example, he looks or she looks at the, uh, in the shop, uh, any store, at what products they look more. Oh, I think it's a really interesting analogy you're bringing up here because that's been the benchmark for data collection, right? Mm -hmm. What do you can do from e-commerce? So, if you think about this, and uh, I was at a, a seminar with Intel a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. and 
when the conversations came up that there's a, such a tremendous amount of data, a different kind of data that's collected online through e-commerce versus in-store. Because e-commerce is all inferred. Yep. Right? We, your, camera, your, your camera's not being used to look at you, so based on your actions, your IP address, what time of day you're shopping, etc., there are assumptions or inferences that are made by e-commerce. That's not the situation mm -hmm. in retail with sensors. I, I made quotes around mm -hmm. sensors for everyone listening because we're no longer inferring that you're an adult male. Mm -hmm. we, we know you're an adult male. Yeah. We know that you are shopping with your daughter where we can't even begin to get that kind of information from yeah, e-commerce, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, we sure. know how long it took you to get from zone to zone within mm -hmm. a store where we don't know. We, we don't know if you're drinking wine or if you're playing fetch with your dog, but we mm -hmm. have a really good idea about what your behavior is in a retail environment. We know what zones you pass. We mm -hmm. know when you double back. We know which items you look at. We know which items you try on. We know if you interact with a sales associate, right? If you yeah, start thinking sure. about now, there there are equivalents mm -hmm. within e-commerce that we'd be remiss to dismiss those. But this is kind of an interesting idea that wow, we're finally going to be able to not only match the data sets collected in e-commerce, mm -hmm. but potentially surpass them. And uh, the displays that Dennis can um, develop. Uh, do they also offer, uh, they, can they uh, help this uh, technology, uh, the recognition technology, or they are just a separate division? I hate or. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they're integrated, there have to be, but I, I think you're, it, this idea of screens and cameras going together, you're missing something because mm -hmm. it's not not all screens define experiences. Mm -hmm. Why would you just monitor screens when you can monitor mannequins and, and merchandising displays and in-window that mm -hmm. may or may not contain screens? So you know, we have to broaden our idea of experiences because we've been trained and we've been teaching everybody. It's all about the experience. It's mm -hmm. experience, experience. We talked about this morning, right? Yep. Digital experiences. No, it's experiences in general. We need to be able to understand if the in the money a retailer is investing in any kind of an experience, mm -hmm. digital or otherwise, is generating the return on experience, the return on opportunity. We're not allowed to say ROI anymore, right? Mm -hmm. the, it's generating the money back because the person who is writing the checks for this technology or the, or these elements or these experiences mm -hmm. has to be able to measure this. So it's not just a, it's not just a matter of a one to one on a screen. We need to be able to support this in all kinds of experiences within retail, which makes it expensive. <laughs> yeah, which, but, is, which is really good for me. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, concerning the um, expensive part. Uh, so how is this technology really accessible for customer? I mean, for a, for a regular retailer. Okay. How is it accessible in terms of uh, money mm -hmm. and in terms of the the CMS, in terms of the UI UX? So, there was four questions at once, right? <laughs> Thanks. Um, we're working on it. Mm -hmm. But we know that in order for the technology to make sense, we want to make it relevant at, at the store level. Mm -hmm. Not this, uh, this idea of... The, the enemy of any kind of project like this is what we call 10-10-1. Mm -hmm. 10 best stores, 10 worst stores, and one in the middle. 
that's mm-hmm. not what we're looking for. We're much more interested in a solution that makes sense for every single store. So given that parameter, it's, it's a natural extension to start understanding mm-hmm. that we have to make this scalable. So we, we've got things to figure out. We have to figure out how to deploy this, how to calibrate it, how to provide access to the information, not just the data, in a way that makes sense to all the stakeholders across the platform. So yeah, it's, it's an effort. And um, at what stage is this project? Because you talk about we're trying to figure out. So uh-huh. is it launched or it's just a prototype currently? It, it, it is headed into prototype. Mm-hmm. And when do you expect to launch it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm ready, when, it, when it's right, mm-hmm. when, it, when I can stand behind it and say, this is correct. We feel good about it. There are some really, uh, adv- we've, we've checked a lot of boxes pretty quickly about mm-hmm. making this tool relevant, so we're happy with that. And we know we want to get in the marketplace. So we've got some interesting people lined up who want to have more conversations with it about where we are, and I'm really happy with the way the project is flowing. Was that vague enough? I think it was. Um, as any software that deals with big data, and definitely you deal with, uh, I guess there are two main issues that at some point company faces. One, the laws, compliance with laws like GDPR. Yep. And second is the security of the whole system. So in terms of the laws, how is it compliant to the uh, European laws? It, it, <laughs> yes, <It's>, it, <laughs> it, 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 I don't have a choice, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be compliant. Now, it's kind of interesting. So if you're, if you're bored and can't sleep, you should read the GDPR documentation. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of... Um, I'm not a lawyer, but when I look at this, it, it seems clearly targeted at more online e-commerce things because there's a person associated with the data. Mm-hmm. If we do this correctly, we're not capturing personal data from the people that we are monitoring in store environments. And I know that sounds super creepy, and mm-hmm. and but that's not our intention. We're, we're, we're really focusing on, on anonymizing the data so that it doesn't become an issue. Um, it still becomes a matter of trust, which makes consumers nervous because this technology does. Um, so that's part of it. But we, we know that we cannot produce a, non, a non-compliant product that would be shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, it makes it challenging. It does, protecting uh, privacy and, and unique identifying details of people is, is a challenge. We talk about this constantly. Are there other ways of doing this? Are, are there different things we can measure mm-hmm. that give an equivalent data set? You know, it's, like, it's a question that keeps all of us awake at night. It's like, how do I do this without <laughs> doing this? You know, and we're, so we're, trying, we're staying away from facial detection. Okay. Right? We're tr- what else can we, can we work on that will help mm-hmm. us convey that information? We go back and forth with conversations about mobile. Is this, is it helpful? Is it harmful? Mm-hmm. Are we collecting truly anonymous data? And we're one step behind software developers who are constantly trying to make sure that the personal information on mobile stays personal. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's fascinating. I'm not sure I'm, I've got the right answer right now. We'll figure out something. Because uh, I know that, oh, you know, if, if we're talking about the U.S., uh, people there are just, they're, I uh, guess, not that uh, concerned about these, the security of the data they give. But, I'm sorry? Uh, they, they're not that concerned about whether they're detected 
usually. I'm going like to challenge where you where you. Okay. So so <laughs> I, I live in California. Okay. So we're so, still part of the U.S. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's not it's not correct for the U.S. It is. It is. I think GDPR is ahead of us mm -hmm. with legislating this. It's. Uh, it, 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 I, I don't know that it's driven by citizen. But more by generation. Mm -hmm. I think there are, uh, there are generations who... There was a, a story on Gizmodo okay. a year ago where one of the reporters wrote in and asked for her information from a dating app. Mm -hmm. She received 816 pages of data. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong on some of these numbers. The number is still substantial. She looked through it. At the end of her conversation, she said, and I don't care. Because, <laughs> because when the service is free, you are the product. Sure. And so it's it's so it's, it's driven by generations. Is you know, if we can take your information and create a better shopping experience, does that justify you relinquishing privacy? It, it's a it, it can be creepy. It's an interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. um, we have to be prepared to have that in a meaningful way that satisfies legislation and consumer. Those are two separate things, mm -hmm. and they may overlap. But uh, regardless of what the legislation is, if you fall afoul of consumer preference, you're dead. Sure. So it's it's it, we're keen to solve this issue. I wish they could see our expressions on the phone because we're kind of, it, it's a conundrum. Mm -hmm. You're nailing it correctly, regardless of where you are on 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 the advancement and the and publishing this legislation. Mm -hmm. It is still a concern to enough of the citizen citizenry to where it's got to be addressed. Period. Yeah, because I uh, guess the users they or customers they want to be sure that their information is used correctly and not that it won't be breached somehow. Right. And uh, that's why we come to another uh, question about security. This was supposed to be much easier <laughs> conversation. <laughs> We're talking about content. Go ahead, security. So yeah, so security of the system mm -hmm. currently. So how? Because uh, um, you probably know the there was a story in February. You know the carousel company and the digital signage mm -hmm. and they had a very I guess weird situation where um, a developer software developer could he got access to their uh, dashboard using admin login and admin password mm -hmm. and it for a week so uh, how, how what is your approach to security of the data that you collect? So we're not going to use admin admin. I hope so. That's my first <laughs> the first edict now is as legislation. <laughs> it, they're not Curacao's not alone. That's how Target right. They got breached through the HVAC. Mm -hmm. You know we love air conditioning in America. We, I wish you liked it a little bit more here in Europe. Um, but so it, 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 you, you, you're right. This is a, a paramount concern that we don't. Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to say it. It's 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 you know there's there's many masters that have to be served by mm -hmm. what we're trying to launch, but what we are going to launch, and the privacy, security, and, and and relevance. It has to satisfy those three things. If one of them fails, the product is not going to work. And I guess that the the amount of data that you collect, uh, it's enormous amount, and you have to store it somewhere. Mm -hmm. So would that be a cloud-based storage, or you have your own service? It's, it's a, it, here we go with or again. <laughs> it's, there's no or. I always you make know, a the, choice. You, there's not. There's not. So I just say, hey, how are you going to? So there's a couple components to this. Um, with all computer vision technology, there's an edge device. Mm -hmm. So that's going to translate images. And, and this is the, gen, the accepted best practice to scan the image, for the data sets and then delete the image. But that, that's extensive processing and storage, so mm -hmm. that does not happen in the cloud. That happens on-premise. Then the data set, 
anonymized data is transferred to the cloud for uh, marriage and, uh, popu- and analytics, right? And okay. then it gets pushed back down mm-hmm. to the reporting tool. So that's the essence of it. Now, what's interesting is because the data is anonymized and it does not contain any financial mm-hmm. or user-definable data, I'm not naive to say that it's it's secure or it's not of interest. In this day and age, everything is of interest, but the exposure's a lot lower because we, there's nothing in there except mm-hmm. time date stamps and how, how big your smile was, right, mm-hmm. and where you've scored on gender. So I, I, we get it, but there's a lot of information. You're right, it's a big data play. So we've got to be smart about not just where it's stored currently, but what the management cycle is. Mm-hmm. How long do you keep granular data before you start rolling it up? Right. Yeah, the data hygiene, and it's not just data hygiene, data storage plus data hygiene. Mm-hmm. There's, yes, there's a lot. And uh, the question that I guess uh, you were ready for. So what makes your technology stand out from your competitors? Me. Totally kidding. Okay. Totally kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. I think the idea that we're working backwards from satisfying a demand within the marketplace rather than Uh, leading with technology. Mm-hmm. Look, we, I'm, I'm like every other guy. I love shiny objects. I will chase it to my utter distraction and, and destruction. But the approach here has been methodical and working backwards. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cold, hard look at so what. We can do this. So what? We can do that. So what? What is the demand of the marketplace? Yeah, what is the, the person who's making the decision? What do they need to do their job more efficiently? Mm-hmm. It's the whole idea is like, what's the minimal amount of information you can give them to have them make a successful decision? That's what's driving this. Is it different? I hope so. What is what are the best challenge, uh, the biggest challenges currently for this technology for your department in the market? Ouch! <laughs> I, I don't have enough fingers to. <laughs> um, It's it's gosh it's it's everything from how do we talk about it how do we define the points mm-hmm. of differentiation how do we remain relevant and, and provide security and acknowledge the legislation all these things that we've talked about those are all relevant touch points that they don't wake me up in, in the middle of the night mm-hmm. just yet but I think I've got some sleepless nights coming up in the next month or so as we as we sort through and figure this out I mean it, it's it's everything right it's sure. everything from from What hardware we do choose, what partners we work with, who's the right client, mm-hmm. is the data telling a story that we believe in? Mm-hmm. I mean, all these... Yeah, was that vague enough? I think it was. Do you have more questions? Yeah, I have three last questions, oh, the blitz questions. They're so. getting progressively more difficult. <laughs> so, uh, name three key developments we should expect from your company this year that would stun us. Except, well, oh, well that, that's so way too much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we'll be in pilot by the end of the year, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to that's gonna take so many small developments to launch into mm-hmm. one key one that I'm just going to use all three to satisfy okay. that. I'd be thrilled if we can get this into, into an environment uh, this fall with real data, mm-hmm. with real data, and, and start being able to understand and tell a story about what the product is. And start like. promoting the uh, technology. I, I, I want to get it right. I, mm-hmm. I, it's hard for me because I'm excited about this and it's it's a neat opportunity, but I want it right. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been talking about this for way too long and I want it right. Okay. Uh, your favorite project from competitors? <laughs> <laughs> You're my least favorite interview today. <laughs> um, My favorite project from competitors. 
Um, oh. Yeah. Wow, that's a rough question. You're going to totally have to edit out this dead space <laughs> in my head. Can we come back? That, we'll come back to that question. What's the last okay, one? Okay, let's, uh, the last one, name one thing that annoys you about the digital signage the most. <laughs> this is my favorite thing. So this idea of dynamic, demographic-driven content changes is my favorite thing to rant about. Mm -hmm. So anybody who's a fan, come find me. We're in booth D2. I really <laughs> want to understand how people think this is going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, I did see something amazing in content that I liked. And where was it? it I did a retail safari in Los Angeles. So I narrowed it down to the city. Um, I am at a loss, really not expecting you to ask me about my competition. <laughs> well, at least I'm not going to say Apple Store. So that narrows me down. Who was it? And where did I go? Oh, you know, it probably has to do with what Nordstrom is doing mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. So this may not be necessarily a, a digital play, but this idea of scaling a brand and its presence to match the specific audience and then supplementing that story with digital really wins. So Nordstrom has this new idea they call local. And it's a hub for Norsham. It's, a, it's There's barely any product. You can get your nails done mm -hmm. and have a coffee made, but you can get a tailor. You can drop off your Amazon package. You can pick up an Amazon package. And, and that is a fantastic idea. Um, I really like what Nike is doing with mm -hmm. their digital products. Some some of them, we're involved with some of them, but not on the creative side, as you can imagine. We're just display guys. Um, can I tell you the least favorite thing I've seen lately? Yeah, sure. Go on. So, wayfinding. Sorry, my second favorite tirade. If people turn their heads sideways to use your wayfinder, you got it wrong. <laughs> it has to be visible. No, it has to be oriented to match okay. the orientation of the kiosk. If I have to turn my head sideways to orient the map so I can figure out where I'm mm -hmm. going, you got it wrong. <laughs> Free advice. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> well, I'm out of the questions, so uh, thank you very much for the interview. Totally fun. <laughs> Great. So it was a KitKat series of podcasts, What About? And my guest was Joe Hasensel, Director of Advanced Retail Solutions at Dynascan. Yeah.